Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me, as always, is, coincidentally, my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Weird, right? As <laughs> uh, great. Everything's great. So good. Fantastic. Today we are going to talk about A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Moss, and later we are going to talk about, wait, what's this? A Court of Thorn and Mist, of Mist and Fury by Sarah J. Moss, because it's a surprise twofer. What, what? Um, but it's a big twofer, too. That's it was a one. big twofer. It was a lot. A uh, big book. Well, even the first one was already a long book. Um, okay, Mom, but first, Mom, what have you been reading? I have it right here, Ellen. Oh. So prepared. Oh, my gosh. For once. <laughs> so the last one I think we did was Beach Read. Yes. Okay. So since Beach Read, I read Daring and the Duke. Oh, the Bare yeah. Knuckle I read Bastard that one, too. Book, okay. uh, by Sarah McLean. Um, then I read Dear Enemy for the podcast. Uh-huh. Then I read A Court of Thorns and Roses. And then I read A Court of Mist and Fury. I think I have more than you this week. What? Um, okay, so I read... Uh, Daring in the Duke. I read Not Like the Movies by Carrie Winfrey. And I read Crush the King by Jennifer Eastep. Mm-hmm. And then I read Dear Enemy and uh, Crush, and then these two for the podcast. So. You should read more than me every week. You read so much faster than <laughs> I do read a lot faster than you. Especially these Court <laughs> of Thorns books. <laughs> she's, been, she's been, are you done yet? Are you done yet? Are you done yet? Well, it's taking you forever. Well, it takes me a long time to read. And they're long <laughs> books. So get off my back. Um, I should say uh, all three were good. Um, Daring of the Duke was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, good Sarah McLean is, is always a good time. Not Like the Movies by Carrie Winfrey, our very own. I'm claiming her. She's ours. Um, <laughs> Everybody else, back off. <laughs> uh, no, but it's utterly delightful. It was really cute. I I recommend. Um, and then um, Crush the King, which is very light on the romance, but if you have been reading that series, um, it's, it's, well, it's good. in the same vein as what we just read, and so it's... Yes, yeah, especially if you like this one and you're looking for something similar, it's... Um, it's a great series. Yeah, and it's good. Um, okay, today we are going to be talking about A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Moss, and buckle up, kids, because... It's a lot. Uh, well, the fact that we're doing a twofer should let you know how we felt about the first one. <laughs> well, well, we'll see, because, I don't know, we'll, we'll talk about that. And we are only going to talk about the first book, so Court of Thorns and Roses, in this first half. We are going to try our very hardest to not give away any spoilers for the second book um, in this first half. So if you have only read the first book, you can just forego the second half, although stick around for a break because we are having a break segment. Um, so uh, all that said, this is the first book in her Court of Thorns and Roses series. It is followed by A Court of Mist and Fury and A Court of Wings and Ruin and a Christmas novella called A Court of Frost and Starlight. The fourth book in the series, A Court of Silver Flames, is set to come out next year, and it seems to be focused on a different character from the series. Uh, we'll, we'll, get to, <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, okay, here is the back cover description for the first book. 
Uh, Feyre's survival rests upon her ability to hunt and kill. The forest where she lives is a cold, bleak place in the long winter months, so when she spots a deer in the forest being pursued by a wolf, she cannot resist fighting it for the flesh. But to do so, she must kill the predator, and killing something so precious comes at a price. Dragged to a magical kingdom for the murder of a fairy, Feyre discovers that her captor, his face obscured by a jeweled mask, is hiding far more than his piercing green eyes would suggest. Feyre's presence at the court is closely guarded, and as she begins to learn why, her feelings for him turn from hostility to passion, and the fairylands become an even more dangerous place. Feyre must fight to break an ancient curse or she will lose him forever. So, Mom, what did you think of A Court of Thorns and Roses only? Only. I really I really liked it a lot and so much that I continued reading. But I really, really liked A Court of Thorns and Roses. I think I'm going to give A Court of Thorns and Roses a like. Um, it took a really long time for anything to start happening. Like a really long time. Well, I mean, I think think that's because of the difference in the way we read. I was fine. I was on board. I was fine. But like nothing happens for 70% of this book. And this book is like 450 pages. (laughs) Well, agree to disagree. But there is a long stretch of time where she's at his place. And nothing is happening. And nothing happens for a long time. I mean, that's pretty much her whole thing is nothing's happening. So. Yeah. Um, so she she gets captured by, well, she doesn't get captured. She is called to atone, for lack of a better word, for um, this murder that she did. She of, killed a wolf who was a fairy. Yes. And um, there's like a life for a life. They're not going to kill her, but she has to come live in the Fey land, and um, she's brought to Spring Court with Tamlin and his buddy Luchin. Um, and you know, as things start to progress slowly, um, she falls in love with Tamlin. Um, and they've got this curse on them where they have their like magic is diminished and they've got these masks that they are like adhered to their face they can't remove (laughs) and um yeah so that's basically it's it's very beauty of the i was just gonna say the same thing very it's like very beauty and the beast it's the most beauty and the beast especially as you get more into the story yeah and learn more about it more about the curse beauty and the beast yes um Okay, so let's let's just dive into it. What did you think of Feyre as our heroine? I love Feyre. First in the first book. I um I think she's great. I think she's I mean she was a little passive. But uh yeah. Um cuz until sh- until I mean she's not at the end. She's No, and she's always I mean she's she's resourceful. Yes. We, we will say. And um and she knows how to take care of herself. And then she's kind of put in this position where she's more or less a prisoner in... I mean, they're not... She's not, like, chained up or anything. But she's stuck to this kind of kingdom. And it's made... They tell her it's because there's forces outside of the kingdom that are 
dangerous and, and things in the forest that and are dangerous. And... All of that is true. Um, let's just let's just get into how the rest of this goes out. Spoiler alert: if you have are not have not read this first book, um, it turns out that there's this curse over the land. Um, over the court, spring court. Yeah, over, yeah, spring court in particular, where, um, there's this Amarantha, is that how you, is that? Amarantha. Okay. Um, and she has cursed spring court because she was in love with Tamlin, and they all have to wear these masks, and the curse can be broken if there's, if he can find a human girl who can love him. Well, who hates fairies enough to kill a fairy. Yeah. And then he has to bring her there and get her to fall in love with him after she's killed a fairy out of hate. Yes. So. So, Beauty and the Beast. So, Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> and the whole of his kingdom is cursed to wear these masks. So, Beauty and the Beast. Right. They're not household objects. They wear masks. They wear masks. <laughs> um, and so, he ends up sending her away. And because... Well, he does fall in love with her. Yeah. And he wants to protect her from all the crap that's going on. So he sends her home. He just says, go home. Anyway. You'll be safer there. And then she's home for a little while and decides, no, I need to go and help him and his people. And so she goes to where Amarantha is and she finds out that Tamlin's there and he's like her little bitch prisoner and, yeah, he is. and uh, so she has to, like, do these three challenges to prove that, you know, she's worthy of one of their kind. Or solve a riddle. Or solve a riddle, which was the easiest damn riddle yeah. I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> as it took you this long to figure that one out? As soon as she, like, I think because it's, like, seven verses long, this riddle... First, verse two, I was like, okay, love. It's love. <laughs> love. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, Not everybody thinks like us, Ellen. We're romance readers. <laughs> no, because there's someone, one of the listeners is also like, I called that riddle. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. But yeah, so Feyre, she's very resourceful. She gets, she's in this situation where she's kind of a prisoner but also she kind of gets the position where she's like, well, shoot, I'm just gonna, like, I kept dreaming about just being a painter and living the easy life, and they're letting me do that? Like, I'm just gonna kind of do that for yeah. a little while. Like, if that's my option right now, that's what I'm gonna do. And, um, and, I don't know. And so that's why I got she, bored. She needs to stop uttering the phrase. I'm kind of skipping ahead. She needs to stop uttering the phrase. I'll do anything. What do you want me to do? I'll do anything. Because these fairies obviously her. take huge advantage of that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, we should, well, maybe we shouldn't say. We should also say there's another fairy who helps her through the challenges towards the end. And he kind of keeps giving her little clues. He kind of keeps helping her. But he made her, her promise that she has to come and spend one week every yeah. month so with him. His name is Resand. Reese. I just kept calling him Reese because mm -hmm. I wasn't sure how to say Resand. Re well, I wanted to say Rysand, but then Reese, they shortened it to Reese. So I yeah. wasn't sure if it was Resand or Rysand, but yeah. 
Um, so he keeps helping her, but he does make her Work promise for it, and he that kind of is terrible to her. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> kind of like cores her around a little bit, yeah. and um, gets her drunk every night, makes her dance for everybody. She wears next to nothing clothes wise, yeah. and it's terrible. Yeah, and he uh, he makes her. He kind of swears her into this bargain. That once she's done with the challenges, she will spend one week, because he is the High Lord. So Tamlin is the High Lord of Spring Court, and Reese is the High Lord of Night, Night Court. Court. And Which, by the way, was a sitcom in the 80s. <laughs> oh, there's, there, there's a listener comment that also makes reference and to so that. And so I keep thinking, oh, Night Court. Night Court. Anderson. <laughs> uh, Anderson. <laughs> so, um, you... you Threw off my group. Sorry. Um, so, after she's done with the trial, she has to spend one week of every month in night court with Reese. But in her defense, she was dying. Yeah. And he said, I can save you, but I'm, this is the bargain. I'm the only one that's here. And she's like, okay, I'll do anything. She makes these stupid bargains. Anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. And so, he puts a tattoo on her arm and an eyeball in her palm it's not like an eyeball eyeball but it's like a, a tattoo. tattoo of an eye that seems to be somewhat seems to be like able to see what she does anyway it's a little creepy, creepy. <laughs> but um so he kind of keeps an eye on her and he helps her through the challenges yeah like she can hear his thoughts in her head yes through this mysteriously yeah bound thing they've got and um he does help her because she can't read Yes. And he helps her with the second challenge because it was a reading challenge. Yes. Um, which sounds like, you know. That sounds like something you'd do in second grade. Yeah. Reading challenge. <laughs> reading Get challenge. Get a free pizza. <laughs> <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> uh, but anyway. So this whole challenge thing, though, does not start until 70% of the way through the book. That's true. And then it's nut, nut balls after that. Yeah. And so... I really did not start getting into the book until that 70%. And so there was a lot of trudging through. Because the first part is her time at Spring Court and kind of this very slow burn romance with Tamlin. So what did you think of Tamlin as our hero? Tamlin was great. (laughs) In reference to only the first book. Well, just Um, saying that, you're ruining stuff. But no, Tamlin was was fantastic. He was very patient with her. He... I liked his kind of, like, dorky awkwardness and trying to flirt with her, especially in hindsight when you find out that there's this curse because he, like, wants to proactively try, but he's so obviously bad at to it. To get her to fall in love with him. Yeah. Because that's what he needs to break the corp, the curse. Um, but then once he realized that she could be in danger if someone found out she was there and could break the curse... That's when he sent her away. Yeah. And, you know, bless his heart. That was a sweet thing to do. Yeah. And um, there's, I mean, there's lots of things about him that he, he was sweet so and. Here's what know, I think I can. Obviously s- good looking because it's a romance novel. Yeah. Here's what I think I can say without spoiling anything. I think, because there's a lot of people in the comments too that say that this book is YA. I don't necessarily think it's YA just because of ages. Um, this one, though, does feel much more YA than the second book. 
It feels... I'll give this one... There still were some racy sex scenes in it, though. Yeah, I think this one kind of probably would fall more under new adult. And then I think the second book feels less new adulty. And I think Tamlin and Feyre feel much more juvenile in their in their romance with each other. And it's all very, like... I love him. I love him. Without, like, a whole lot of necessary cause to Especially feel since that she way. had lived in this village with just a drudgery of people. Yeah. It's like, you never even had a chance to meet anyone in your yeah, life. Yeah, she had, like, a guy, like, she was stripping in the... Yeah, she was getting it now and then from him. Yeah. But it was there was no feelings at all. It was just kind of a way of... Yeah. Because she's 19 when she's taken and the whole like throwing herself on the sacrificial altar for him towards the end it it's all very it feels very like Romeo and Juliet very kind of first lovey and very kind of young I think this one feels much younger than the second book um the only reason I would say uh, is because there's some pretty racy sex in it. I mean, yeah. not crazy but, racy. But this, this, well, we're going to talk, we'll, we'll. Not, not like the second book. And, <laughs> and it's pretty violent in some parts. I mean, yeah. the, the, some of the stuff she goes through in the, especially yeah. the so, third challenge, some of the stuff she goes through in the challenges is, is pretty violent. I think it is classified as young adult on, um, on Goodreads. I'm looking that up to make sure. Um. But I think I would, I think I would classify it more as new adult. Um, yeah, it's classified as both young adult and new adult. Um, I'm an old adult, so what does that? So do I not get to read? I can't even read the book. What are you doing reading it? I'm not a new young adult or new adult either. So, um, anyway, uh, but Tamlin, he's he's very sweet. He's the he's the guy that you fall in love with when you're 19. Yeah. Yeah, Is that that's fair? Fair to say, um, and uh, he doesn't always make the best decisions, as we like tend to come to find out. Um, and he's oh, this is so hard, you guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's a little passive, and she even thinks he's a little passive. In she gets frustrated with him sometimes in the challenge that he, he just sits because he just sits there and does nothing and and in his defense he's trying to he take knows that some if of the heat off of her yeah if he like got passionate about anything he knows that Amarantha or whatever her name is yeah would like take it out on her yes. and so he's he's trying to alleviate yeah. that and he yeah. And they even have that one moment where they kind of meet up in the alcove of this Secretly. ball and um, get a little makeout in, and uh, and then Resand has to kind of also make out with her so that it does not become apparent that they were making out. Um, so anyway. And so, like, that's the only indication that she has that he's even kind of still with her, yeah, you know, or even entirely. About her. Um, so it's uh, it's interesting. Um, okay, let's backtrack because we're skipping 
over a lot. We're already speeding ahead to a lot of stuff. But it's because nothing happens until the last 30% of the book. Um, what are your feelings on her family in the first book only? Okay. Her family is horrible. <laughs> yeah. Her dad is just a nothing. And granted, he's obviously been broken down. But still, she's a like 11 year old girl and she goes out hunting and her yeah. dad won't even get up out of the house and go help do anything like nothing. Yeah. It's and an interesting dynamic. Cause she's the youngest sibling, which does not, I mean like based on my child development, you know, sibling order studies, uh, it does not fall in line necessarily with like youngest child behavior. Nesta though was a good oldest sister. I mean, she was yeah. very dominating and, and yeah, but she's, but she still doesn't. But she was still do fine anything. passing the work off onto her. Yeah. Um. Elaine was sweet. Yeah, bless her. But that's about it. <laughs> She's I not. Think other than that, she was. Well, and they're very ungrateful, seemingly for like all of them. Yeah, all of them for like what she does and what she's gone through. Yeah, and there's a moment. Um, when she comes back and... After killing the wolf and the deer. Yeah. And, um, I did appreciate that they, the sisters in particular got, because the dad's just gone. Um, but I did appreciate that the sisters got some more development and, um, Nesta kind of tells her that she was never able to be, because... Tamlin, like, glamours her family into thinking that she's gone to stay with this rich aunt and now all of a sudden they have all this money and they're all taken care of. I mean, of. he totally took care of his, her family yeah. while she was gone because she was super worried about her family. Yeah. And so Nesta reveals that she wasn't able to be glamoured and so she remembered what that she had been taken by the fairies. And, um, and so I did appreciate that Nesta had, like, tried to look for her and was worried. And then when, uh, when Feyre ends up leaving again, Nesta's like, just don't come back. You're... You're better off. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, you and know. And her dad even kind of said that to her when she left the first time. Um, yeah. But her dad, like, once he got money, he was fine. He was just up and working again and everything was great. And it's like, yeah. dude, where were you all the time your family was starving? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Her just because dad... you have money now, life is great. Is yeah. money the only thing that, you know, makes you at worth Doing, anything at all? Yeah. yeah. So her dad is the most useless, in my opinion. Um, and... Now, granted, when he owed creditors, they, they messed up his leg, so he couldn't walk great. Yeah, but However, like you said, he was still able to, like, go away on business trips and stuff when he... When he had money. Yeah. And there's no reason he couldn't have, like, chopped wood and stuff like that. I or mean, done was, anything. Or done anything. Um, anyway. So, her family's the worst. Yeah. And, um... She kept worrying about him. I'm like... Pfft. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, Okay. Uh, the reveal of the curse. So, when she finds out the entirety of the curse, here was my beef. Um, I was kind of mad that Alice was so pissed off with her. She's like, you stupid girl, you couldn't have just said I love you to him? And it's like, well, hold on. I didn't know like, anything. They, they banged, and then, like, almost immediately after that, he's like, I need to send you away. And so... She's supposed to, like, as he's sending her away, tell her, tell him that she loves him? I yeah. don't Well, uh, and the whole thing was weird. First of all, I think we need to point out that they were sworn, they 
like had some kind of magic thing where they couldn't tell her anything about the curse, yeah. so she couldn't know anything about it. Yeah. And um, you know, there's all kinds of things. Even even as Alice was revealing the curse, there was still stuff she couldn't tell her. Yeah, and Lucian, like weirdly, um, they're not allowed to tell her about it. But Lucian, like weirdly, kind of does a lot to like make it from not happening. I don't know, like. You mean keeping her from falling in love with him? Yeah. Well, I think he was worried that she wasn't going to fall in love with him and that he was just wasting his time with her. Mm, But, I mean, this seemed to line up. Maybe we'll find out more. I have a feeling we're going to see more of him in the other books. Yeah, that's true. Um, Okay, what did you, we've talked a lot about it, but what did you think of our time spent under the mountain with Amarantha? Um, It was terrible. Yeah. She was a terrible, terrible, horrible, evil person. Yeah, she's she's slightly a little too mustache twirly for me, which I know other people also say. Um, she's a she was bad for the situation. You know, she was a good kind of bad for the situation that the book well, was. As evil as she but- was, it, the challenges seemed like it seemed like she could have made them harder. <laughs> Like, especially the one where she was just supposed to read something, then, and, and granted, she was under the impression that she couldn't read. Yeah. But still, I mean, it's just well, a and 33% fact, chance she might get it right. And the fact that she gave her the world's easiest riddle to... Oh my gosh, easiest <laughs> riddle ever. I, I cannot get over how easy that <laughs> riddle was. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> She's an evil person, so she didn't think that the word love would come to someone. But uh, also, this is really where... Reese gets to shine. We meet him a little bit before we get under the mountain. Um, without giving anything away. Um, I feel we have. (laughs) Reese is the most interesting character in this book. I would agree. He is immediately the most enigmatic and interesting character in the book. And so I think also that I was more invested in the last 30%, A, because there was actually stuff happening, but also B, because he's there. And um, he is just way more interesting than really anybody else in the book at this point. You didn't think Cameron was interesting when he was just sitting there doing nothing? He's our hero. (laughs) How dare I? (laughs) Um, But... Uh, so I think that that also helps, uh, with that last 30% of the book. Um, okay, let's talk about sex, baby. Well, also, in their defense, Tamlin was being very closely watched. Reese had a little bit more leeway. Yes, because he, he was... He'd been stooping. Stooping. Um, he is called the, you know, Amaranthus whore because he basically... Is. He basically sleeps with her and, um... You get the sense in this first book that he does it to kind of get that more leeway. Right. Um, For his own agenda. Yeah. So he's been kind of working with her, but you get the sense in this first book that it's maybe to, yeah, further his agenda and to have more freedom about the the Under the Mountain Kingdom, whatever we're going to call it. Um, let's talk about Sex Baby. It's pretty <laughs> nothing much to write home about in this first book. Yeah, it was pretty 
I mean, it was pretty hot, steamy sex, but it was, it, they didn't get to do it too often. No. Um, we should also say, too, that at the end of this book, um, she dies. Dies. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Well, Amarantha <laughs> actually kills her. Yeah, Amarantha kills her. And then through this weird out-of-body experience, which we find out more about in the second book, um, she... Well, because the seven high lords are there, or whatever they're yes. called. They all come and they give it, her... Like, they all give her a little bit of something from of them. their, like, immortality. And she becomes immortal. And she and, becomes a fae. And she comes back to life, and she becomes a fae. And, um, so... The book ends with her going back to Spring Court with Tamlin. And they're happily ever after. And they're in love. The end. The end. Can we talk about the other book? <laughs> <laughs> what was your swooniest moment in this book? Oh, um, my swooniest moment. It has to be with Tamlin, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, you know what I liked? I um I did like when the what was the fire night ceremony thing? Calaman or something. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. But he's supposed to go mate with someone and he's supposed to smell out a mate uh, and yeah. then he's supposed to go deep in the mountain and mate, which he did because she went he told her he said, Don't come out of your room, stay in your room. Yeah. And so she didn't, of course, because she's terrible and never follows any directions anyone gives her. And um, but he he goes and he can't find her, so he just picks someone and he goes and does them in a cave, I guess, is the way that went down. <laughs> and then he comes out and he's still like raring to go, and he finds her in the hallway at the house. Yep. And he bites her, and then tells her to go away. Bites her on her neck. Bites her on her neck. Yeah, uh. I did. <laughs> Leaving a mark, <laughs> yeah. as one does. Yeah. And um, he told her then, he said, uh, I couldn't find you. I couldn't find you. So yeah. I just had to take whoever. Some, didn't matter. But he, he was definitely looking for her. Yeah. And would not have gone easy on her. It would have been. No, he would not have. So. It would have been beastly. <laughs> um, I'm the, so in general, just his awkward flirting, like I said, was it was cute and in, endearing. Um, and then I'll also say, like, when it's revealed that he sent her away, because even though he had, like, this opportunity to break the curse, but he did love her and wanted to protect her, and so he sent her away. I thought that was sweet. Um, okay. We're going to read some comments. You guys got a little spoilery with the second book in your comments. I even told Ellen when I was reading the book, I said... Look, if these comments get spoilery of the second book, you can't read them. I don't want to hear them. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to read some of the comments about the first book. Uh, first, we're going to listen to what listener Sarah had to say about... Does she spoil the second book? No, because she's only read the first book. Oh, okay. Um, so let's hear what Sarah has to say. Hi, Ellen, Mom, and Noyomos. Uh, Sarah here with my review of A Court of Thorn Roses. I don't usually read fantasy or YA, but I'd heard so many good things about these books for a while now, and the Goodreads ratings are off the charts, so I was super looking forward to this. This book was not a love for me, but it's also not a complete hate because I actually managed to finish it. 
Um, I'll tell you why I did hate for sure. Feyre's entire useless family. After that convoluted treaty that lets her move on up in the world, you'd think she'd be happy to yeah. leave them to fend for themselves. But no, she's constantly trying to escape and get back to those ungrateful turds and always ends up nearly getting killed. I don't know. I just felt that Feyre <laughs> started out as a fairly competent character and then proceeded to make a series of stupid choices. Oh, and side note, every time I read the words Night Court, I kept hearing the theme song to the television series and had <laughs> visions of Harry Anderson and Richard Mull. Anyways, moving right along. Um, the hero Tamlin. I've somehow found both mysterious yet boring. Overall, he's a decent guy. Uh, Lucian wanted Feyre to succeed in breaking their curse and yet seemed to sabotage her at every turn. Uh, Resand is obviously going to be the yes. third corner in a future love triangle. He is a grade A arsehole, but a more complex, if problematic, arsehole. His character was the most interesting of the bunch. Um, the big bad Amarantha is a cartoon character of a villain. If she had a mustache, she'd be twirling it. Um, Feyre's transformation at the end had potential to make the following books interesting, though. So will I be reading the next book? Probably. I have it on hold at the library. Um, further research has indicated that the second book is superior and the one to read. So I will be giving that one a shot. Uh, I know I'm in the minority here. And apologies if I just crapped all over your favorite book. But uh, those are my thoughts. Thanks. Thank you, Sarah. Um, I don't completely disagree with you. On, I, think, I think we agree with pretty much everything she yeah, said. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, you echoed a lot of what I, I mentioned. Um, and honestly, if, um, if every single comment about this book was not that the first book's okay, but the second book, <laughs> like if every comment wasn't that, I probably would have just read this first book and been like, yeah, okay, that was a thing that I read. And yeah. And so that's why I think I, when I say I'm just going to give this one a like, I think that's all because like I said, the first part was, I found very slow and kind of boring throughout most of it. And then she gets me more with what happens in the last act. But the whole thing is a great setup. It is, but a book in and of itself shouldn't just be set up for something a lot better. Well, which is the case oh, in this. So case. That's what first book I just is all about. And, well, not entirely though. Okay, let's hear what uh, Jessica had to say. She says, "I really liked this book, but I can see how it would not be for everyone, so it should be a good discussion." I thought the world building was incredibly well done. I will agree with that. Yes. It, it she does do a very good job, although sometimes it's a little too dense. Well, the thing that helped in this one is that they brought Farah into the um, their world, and she didn't know much about their world, so they had to explain their world to her. So we got a lot of world building yeah. through but her eyes. Dense sometimes. Can you agree with me in the, on that? That you're dense sometimes? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I could tell the... Uh, Jessica continues. I could tell the author had a vision for where the series was going, and even though I'd sometimes think, why is this happening this way, I just completely trusted that the author knew what she was about. That is talent. I liked Feyre a lot. I liked Luchin. I think she did a great job with Tamlin, given the way the series progresses. No spoilers, sweeties. Uh, 
That in itself is a little bit of a spoiler, though. Amarantha was so evil it was horrifying, but also captivating, and Reese was just the right amount of evil to dislike him at first and had enough good to let you see he might be able to be redeemed. The very end started to drag for me a little. The riddle was so obvious, and I was ready <laughs> for Feyre to be victorious. The next book is so, so, so much better, so keep reading. Also, this episode comes out on my birthday, so yay, happy birthday present oh, to me. Well, we probably ruined it, because we came out late. <laughs> yeah, the episode is coming out late, uh, because mom needed to finish the second book. <sighs> Just been reading for like 24 hours Yeah, straight. we've been <laughs> doing a lot of reading for you guys. Um... But happy birthday to Miss Jessica. Yes, happy um, birthday. Yes. And it, it, it's, it's still going to come out on her birthday just a little bit later. Um, Milena says, I read this in 2016, but I remember liking it a lot at the time. I did feel like the book was a little longer than it needed to be, but I think this seems to be the author's writing style. Also, the second book, A Court of Mist and Fury, is way better than A Court of Thorn and Roses. Um you'll way longer. You'll I might throw in. <laughs> yes, oh yeah. Um and the third book is even longer. Are you serious? Yes, I am. Um uh yes. We will not reveal whether or not we think that the second book is better yet. No, we won't. We that will be, not reveal that. There's no way we will say anything like that. <laughs> Paige says, I am not usually a fantasy fan, but after this book, I think I might become one. Obviously, I really enjoyed this book. Both Feyre and Tamlin had such strength of character and made a perfect pair. Slow burn romances are my favorite. And this is a friggin' slow burn. Uh, <laughs> the world building, it was interesting and not so convoluted that it took me out of the story. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jessica says, I devoured this whole series in about two days. It's one of my favorites. Since the discussion is only on this book, I will reserve the real reasons why I love the series until after the episode. I love Feyre, and she grows quite a bit throughout the series. Amarantha is a fantastic villain and evil to her core. The world building is what kept me reading to the next book. I also felt there was something missing from Feyre's relationship with Tamlin, and knowing this was a trilogy, I couldn't wait to see what happened next. Uh, Reese was intriguing and mysterious and shows an unusual interest in Feyre, and I couldn't figure out. Uh, Lucian is great comedic relief, and I love the dynamic between him and Tamlin. If you weren't a fan of fantasy before the series, I think it does a good job of converting non-fans. Um, Melissa says, I liked this book well enough, but without dropping any spoilers, it was the second book in this series that really sealed the deal for me. It made me sit up and notice that the author wasn't interested in hitting the expected beats while still delivering on all the emotions. Um, so all these comments like this is what made me think, okay, maybe we need to read the second book as well. Um, Cassie says, I think I'll be in the minority with this opinion, but I really didn't like this book. I think I tried reading it several times over the last year or so and could never finish it because of the pacing. I finally made myself finish it and didn't enjoy it. I didn't like any of the characters, especially Amarantha, who was a very mustache twirly villain. It's hard to avoid spoilers with this series, so I know how the other books play out, and it made me like this one even less. Um, YA fantasy is not a genre I've enjoyed as an adult, so maybe this book wouldn't have been my cup of tea anyway. Um, I can see that because honestly, um, there is a name that I saw talked about a lot with this book who was not a huge part of this first book. So when I read the first book, I'm like, why does everybody talk about this person and not this other, not the hero? Um, am I doing okay? No. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm spoiled. And so that in itself was a bit of a spoiler for me. And so reading this book, it is kind of like, why am I reading this book? Because I know that everybody likes this other person way more. Well, I don't want to talk about it too, because I have my thoughts on it, but I don't want to say anything until we start talking about the next book. So, okay. um, Samantha, but I, but I agree. I can see totally what you're saying, Cassie. Totally. Um, Samantha says, I love a beauty and the beast knockoff, so I was predisposed to like this one. I did enjoy it thoroughly, but for me, this was a one book experience. No spoilers, but the rest of the series seems to have some components that I kind of hate. So I haven't and probably won't bother. It is always a refreshing change for the heroine to be resourceful instead of pretty. I agree. Um, she says, I will say that I was chuffed to know that my guess for the riddle was right. I was, I told the hubs, my final answer for $1 million and to save the kingdom is X. Now look it up and tell me if I won. Spoiler alert, I totally won. <laughs> yeah, I was just waiting. I was like, this is the stupidest, easiest riddle in you the world. You'd think, especially with her, like, sitting there for hours on end in that dungeon, yeah. she could have come up with that. Yeah. Um, Michelle says, I adore this series and everything else, uh, SJ Moss, but book two is the one that sold me on it. Her most recent book, House of Earth and Blood, is an adult urban fantasy as opposed to YA high fantasy, and I love seeing how she's evolved as an author. Uh, Kristen says, obsessed with this series. Book two is my favorite, so even if you don't cover it on the podcast, it's a big ask since each book gets longer and longer, lol. Jeez, seriously. Yeah, you're not kidding, girl. Um, but you girls should definitely read it. Uh, Kina, I hope I'm saying your name right. I was, uh, given this series as a gift from a friend of mine after I said I really did not enjoy reading fantasy. I have to admit, I was completely sucked into the series. I've seen several places where it is called Young Adult Series, um, but there was some pretty mature themes in this book, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know that I would call this young adult. I think new adult is a totally fair the, moniker, um, but... Oh, I think the thing that makes this one a good one to start out with in fantasy is because the characters, even though they're fairies, they're very human-like. I mean, they're... they're Yeah, except for the wings and... Wings and things. Talons. Other and... than that. <laughs> No, but I mean, their emotions and their speech and their, you know, yeah. so much about them is very human-like. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, their orgasms. That's a thing. <laughs> their body every, parts. Every species Those has body like parts. Orgasms. Wingspan, yeah. which we'll talk about <laughs> Yes. We'll talk about the next wingspan later. Uh, Tiernan says, I wasn't super excited about uh, A Court of Thorns and Roses. I'm not a way I fantasy fan, but wanted to read it for the discussion on the podcast. I felt it started slow. Hell yes. But I stuck with it and I loved it. What an amazing book. Sarah J. Moss was an incredible writer, especially her world building and descriptions. So magical. The ending was a tad drawn out with Feyre and the challenges from Amarantha. I immediately bought the second book and all I want to read about is Reese and find out more about him. Solid five star book for me. I'm glad. That's great. I cannot, I mean like the, the challenges part is drawn out, but the whole book is drawn out. Yeah. So at least then there was stuff happening. That's my thing. Um, singular male listener Jason said, I love this book. However, the next two books in the series are actually better, though. <laughs> I think this book does a great job of introducing Feyre and letting you learn that what drives her to make her decisions. You get to meet all the other characters, but I don't think you really get to know them until the next books. Uh, this is one of my favorite book series of all times. Wow, wow Jason. 
Um, Krista says, this is one of my favorite series. And can I just say, from coming from Jason? Because he reads Yeah, Jason a is a fiend. <laughs> um, Krista says, this is one of my favorite series. It just gets better with each book. I feel like book one establishes the world and characters. Book two develops the romance. And book three really wraps up the plot. There's another series coming with a bunch of side characters, too, which we'll talk about. Um, my only complaint is the beginning is slow. Amen. It gets better, but I think the pacing could have been a little faster and not lost any of the story. I hope you all liked this as much as I do. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Um, okay, final thoughts on this first book. Um, yeah, it was great. Can we talk about the other one now? <laughs> okay, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Moss. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter, which is at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like just a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On July 27th, we will be discussing the movie film... The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Society. Potato Peel Pie Society. It's potato Peel Pie. I even have that written down. I say it wrong every time. So. Um, and we're super excited because my cousin is going to be in town next week. And we know how much you guys love getting to hear from <laughs> our family our family members. Our and so um, she is going to be on the podcast with us. And I think you guys will love her. She's a lot of fun. She's and, pretty delightful. Uh, we're excited to... She's a little quirky, but... She's a little goofy, but... Uh, and yeah, we're just excited to talk about that movie with her and Michael Houston with her. That's going to be the main yeah. topic of conversation. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so for now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking more about Feyre and her adventure and, and her adventures with a court of mist and fury. So stay with us. Hi, no yomos. Ellen here. Someone on the Facebook group was just asking for a rom-com recommendation, so let me tell you about Crushing It by Lorelai Parker. You all know that we are not so closeted nerds who delight in painfully awkward situations, right? Well, this one sounds right up our proverbial alley. Here's the description. To pitch her new role-playing game at a European conference, developer Sierra Reed needs to overcome her terror of public speaking. What better practice than competing in a local bar's diary slam, regaling an audience with old journal entries about her completely humiliating college crush on gorgeous Tristan Spencer? Until the moderator says, next up, Tristan Spencer. Sierra is mortified, but Tristan is flattered. Caught up in memories of her decade-old obsession as they reconnect, Sierra tries to dismiss her growing qualms about him. But it's not so easy to ignore her deepening friendship with Alfie, this cute, supportive bar owner. She and Alfie were college classmates, too, and little by little, Sierra is starting to wonder if she's been focusing her moves on the wrong target all along, misreading every player's motivations. Maybe the only winning strategy is to start playing by her heart. So check it out if that sounds appealing to you as well. Or if you are looking for something kind of in the vein of Christina Lauren, Sally Thorne, or Abby Jimenez. Again, that's Chasing It by Lorelai Parker, and it's out now. Um, and if you read it, let us know what you think. Thanks, guys. It's time for a break. It's time for a break. The break is when we do the news and mail. I like to just spring that theme song on mom. I know you do. And the dance is glorious. <laughs> um, so for today's break, we mainly are just going to announce the winner of the June Trope Challenge. 
Again, this is a challenge that Jessica from the Facebook group is running, and um, there's a trope for every month. Uh, June's was for Pride Month, so LGBTQ um, books, and Mom is going to announce that the winner is, in fact, the winner is Sarah Rudy Hamilton. Sarah Rudy Hamilton. Congratulations. Um, So Jessica will be in contact with you to get you a little swag. And um, the June Trope Challenge is going on right now. It's enemies to lovers. So there's lots of candidates for that. So, I mean, the book we're reading now is... Yeah, slightly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So... All over uh, the place. (laughs) So, uh, if you're reading in Enemies to Lovers, or if you want to pick one and read along with the group, head over there and, and let everybody know what you're reading. Um, I think that should do it for the... I'll also say, um, Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society is on Netflix, um, so check that out on Netflix and ignore my dog snoring. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Welcome back. Considering that every single comment was about how the second book was far superior, uh, we're giving the people what they want and talking about both books. Uh, Today's episode is a little late because we had to finish, and I don't know if you know this, but these books are some long-ass books. Um, And so we kind of made the decision after, well, I made the decision. Like yesterday, and I still had like... 70% 70% of the book to go. Yeah. Um, it's not my fault you read slow. I do read slow. But, so I've been reading for 24 hours, and you guys are super welcome. But I'm just about dead. Yeah. So um, that's why we're a little late, and we're sorry. But I figured if I were to ask you guys if you would rather have a late episode or an episode where we also talk about the second book, that you would all pick this, the one with the second book. So let's hear the back cover description for the second book, A Court of Mist and Fury. Feyre survived Amarantha's clutches to return to the Spring Court, but at a steep cost. Though she now has the powers of the High Fae, her heart remains human, and it can't forget the terrible deeds she performed to save Tamlin's people. Nor has Feyre forgotten her bargain with Rhysand, uh, High Lord of the Feared Night Court. As Feyre navigates its dark web of politics, passion, and dazzling power, a greater evil looms, and she might be key to stopping it, but only if she can harness her harrowing gifts, heal her fractured soul, and decide how she wish- wishes to shape her future, and the future of a world cleaved in two. So, Mom, what did you think of this one? Oh my gosh, I loved it so much! <laughs> Okay, so I totally get, because this one was so much better than the first one. Um, Yeah, this one is a lot better. And it's because there's actually stuff happening in this one. Well, she actually committed the cardinal sin of romance books and changed our hero on us. Yeah, yeah. Like, hugely. And so people who are saying, like, I don't want to read it because I know that, I get it. Like, Love Triangle is not my my go-to either um but uh she well she she pulls it off 
in that I love Reese and I don't like Tamlin as much. <laughs> Uh, so it's easy to do that um yeah uh and this one is much more of a romance than the first one the first one is um it's very very slow burn and not a lot happens and then the most interesting part of the first one is I think the challenges and the bigger plot there the most interesting thing in this one is the romance yeah yeah, I think. Because honestly, the plot itself in this one, I mean, there's stuff happening, but... Well, when the book starts out, she literally has PTSD from what's yeah, going on. Yeah, she really does. And Tamlin just doesn't give her any chance whatsoever to heal from any of that. Yeah. And, um... Well, I think... Okay. We're going to talk about Tamlin. Yeah, we'll talk about Tamlin. Let's... Okay. What did you think of Farah in, in this one? Well, I love that she just becomes, like, this super badass. And it yeah. takes her a while. And she never really feels it herself until she's able to do some pretty amazing things. Yeah. Um, towards the end of the book. But I think she already always kind of feels lacking. Like, she should be able to do more. Yeah. I really liked... You You touched on her, like, PTSD. Um, and I, I appreciate that that had the effect that it did on her. Because it was, she did some horrific things. Yeah. She had to kill two people in order to pass the challenges. And, you know, I think those people, it's, it's like, it's the trolley conundrum, you know, yeah. of, like, kill one to save many. Um, but... She, she really struggles with that, and I appreciate that there were ramifications, because I do think sometimes, especially in paranormals and fantasies and stuff like that, there's these things that happen, and then they're kind of swept under the rug a lot of times. Right. And so I like that it was such a big deal for her. I mean, she was um, very broken at the beginning yeah. of this book. And she's still, I mean, even by the end, she's still dealing with it, but she's finding ways to kind of cope with it. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. <laughs> um, and I really love that she kind of comes into her own and discovers the strength. And, you know, I like I like the distinction that early in the book, you know, she she's kind of discovering these new powers and she keeps referring to it as like, oh, that's Tamlin's power. Oh, that's uh, the that's High Lord Reese's. of the Summer Court. Yeah. Or... But then later she's like, oh, no, that's my... That's mine. That's my that's power. my power. I have that. And so I thought that was cool. And um, I think she really does... She's she's a lot cooler in this book than she is in the second well, book. Well, and she makes the first a, book, I mean. a great journey in this book. Yeah. And, um, yeah, she was... And I think a lot of that, we're going to talk about him in just a second, I think a lot of that is because of Reese. Yeah. Because Reese, you know, a man who respects your freedom and personal choice, yes, please, <laughs> but um, he he gives her the space and time and opportunity to kind of find that journey of self-discovery. Figure and, it all out on her own. Um, so what did you think? Because... Spoiler alert, Reese is the hero in this book. So what did you think of Reese is the hero? Um, gosh, I loved him so much. I wept openly in some of those scenes, and I know you didn't as much as I did. I didn't cry at all in this Oh, one. gosh. 
Um, Probably because I was marathon reading. Well, to the nth degree. I mean, I wasn't because I yeah, was, I know, but, but um, yeah, I was. But I was also up very late and then up again very early trying to finish this book. But um, yeah, I got weepy. He he was, and then all his backstories and things were just mm-hmm. heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And even about you know the side characters, which you'll probably ask me about later, but them all growing up together and some of the stuff they had to go through growing up. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just heartbreaking. Yeah, these people who live live for like centuries, apparently they go through some shit, you know? <laughs> apparently it's not always roses and, you know, daffodils. Um, yeah, he's humana, 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 first of all. Yeah, seriously. Um, who thought wings could be so sexy? <laughs> I love all of the, like, wingspan jokes and comparisons. <laughs> And uh, that so was... Someone's wingspan was determined the size of other parts of their body. Yeah. She's like, I'm really impressed with your wingspan. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all very good. Um, like I said in the first half, he is just far more interesting than anybody else. Even in this one, he's more interesting than really anybody else in the book. Um, but you really get to know him and kind of more what he's been through and why he is the way he is and why he acts the way he acts and the way why he did things he did yeah and the different masks for you know in reference to the first one the different masks that he's had to wear you know especially through all the problems with amarantha and i don't even think we've still seen him fully unmasked i mean they allude to the fact that he's got some kind of beast inside him Mm -hmm. that he just keeps in control at the time. Yeah. And I have a feeling at some Siphoned point off. we're going to see yeah. a full-fledged Reese and we're all just going to go, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's, and and like I said, he was exactly what she needed. And, you know, he kind of, so in the beginning, he's taking her away for the week. It felt like a custody, you know, like a well, problematic the divorce. The first time he came and got her was during her wedding. But in his defense, she did, did not, not want to get married. <laughs> yeah. And she was just panicking on the, you know, walking down the aisle panicking. Yeah. And he could feel that she was panicking and scared. And so he came and got her and took her away. Yeah. And so um, he kind of gives her these weak reprieves and just says... You know, you do what you got to do. And um, and he teaches her to read. And he teaches her to read and starts kind of teaching her to Use some of her hone her powers. And the in contradiction to that, she's got Tamlin, who is just keeping her locked up in the castle. Well, Lucian even said, you should help her learn how to use her powers. And he's like, no, no, I need to protect her. Yeah. Tamlin is very concerned with protecting her, keeping the status quo, um, getting the kingdom back in order and doing that on his own. And she keeps wanting, she keeps begging him to let her help, to let her do something. Because she knows that that will help her heal. If she's busy and doing stuff and, mm-hmm. and helping people, it'll help her heal mentally. And he's just like, no. And then finally he locks her in the house when he goes away at one point and she just loses it. Yeah. And, like, bursts into flame or whatever it is she does. I'm (laughs) completely sure. So, Reese comes and pulls her out and she decides, I'm going to stay with you. I don't want to be there anymore. I'm I'm leaving him. I I don't want to be there anymore. And so, um, 
you know, she goes and she lives in in the night court and um, <laughs> with Harry Anderson. With Harry Anderson. And, and um and she uh is there able, you know, she asks to go on missions with them and he's like, Yeah, come on, let's put you to work. Yeah. And um and he seems to understand what she needs and it's because they've kind of been through some similar not that because I think Tamlin has too. It's just that he's reacting in different way than than they are, and he's handling it differently than they are, and he's handling it poorly. Well, okay, so let's talk about the flip flop and Tamlin in this book. I do think he gets somewhat of a bad rap. Well, he's coming from a good place. He I is. Believe. I, I do, too. And the thing is, is in defense of him, he thinks he can't find his fiance. He doesn't know where she is. Well, she has sent him letters. But then again, you know, he thinks... Here's one thing. Reese is known for... Mind control. Mind control. Mind manipulation. Manipulating people's minds. And so I think he thinks that he has manipulated her mind. Which I think is a fair... That is a fair Assumption. A fair assumption. Because if, especially if it's something he wants, he... Yeah. And he's got this reputation for being a bad guy. And for having having helped What's-Her-Face, Amaranth, or whatever her name was. Being Amarantha. Yeah, her. And so, you know, he's got a reputation as a bad guy. And for him to manipulate her mind, because he wants to get with it, you know, it's understandable. Yeah. So I I do feel for him a bit. Like and I think even Until. <laughs> well I think even in the beginning when he's kind of keeping her sequestered and he's doing it trying to protect her and he's he knows that there's that she's even more of a threat now that she's powerful and has all these high lords power and he's doing what he thinks is best to keep her safe. I will say, and you probably got a question in there, but I'm going to say. Okay. However. Yeah. I knew from the beginning that mm-hmm. Ianth was bad news. She's the yeah. priestess. I'm a, I don't know how to pronounce it. Ianthe or... I don't know how to pronounce her name. Anyway, her. I knew from the beginning just because she was so manipulative of... Tamlin. Feyre and Tamlin. Oh, yeah. But of Feyre and just... So much trying to be her friend, but also trying to get her to act in ways that she wasn't comfortable with or didn't, you know, was to the point where she just didn't care anymore. Yeah. And um, I thought, I knew then, I was like, she is going to turn out to be, there's something, there's something not right there. Yeah. And for Tamlin not to see that, it's wrong. And Tamlin makes some poor decisions. Yes, he does. In the end. Even then, though, I do think he's so mad with worry and concern that that's causing him to make poor decisions and being manipulated by Ianthe that I think he's not fully... Like, I'm here, honestly, for a Tamlin redemption arc if it happens. I don't think he's as bad of a guy. Here's my problem with Tamlin, though. I don't know if I feel like he's doing all this out of love or if he's doing it all because he looked bad when she left him. And, yeah, that could be. And, um, you know, it was a 
black eye to him that she left, especially during the middle of their wedding, but then came back and then left again. And, um, you know, to me, I wasn't sure, and they've never pointed it out. And we even talked about how milquetoast their love was yeah. to begin with. And But you know, just because somebody has milquetoast love with somebody else doesn't mean that they can't find redemption. Well, and he didn't mate to her. Yeah. I mean, no. they weren't mated. But he obviously had feelings for her. I get that. But I'm not sure, because I think he wanted to put forth a persona, and that's why he was all about the wedding and the parties and the, yeah. and with his friends, you know, laughing. And, and, like, he would get together with his friends and, and have all this good time, and she's standing in the corner by herself moping, yeah. and he wasn't even trying to, yeah. you know, help her assimilate to everything that was going on. And so, to me, I got the feeling he was just more about the looks of it and him having this beautiful wife. And I think that comes with like the quote unquote royalty-ness of right. his situation. So I think I'm just lot, saying I like, think a lot of his a lot of where he's coming from is just this made me look bad and I don't want to look bad. I and I agree. I just I'm just saying I think he kind of maybe gets a bad rap in in this book. And I I'm interested to see how it goes down in the third book. I just hope that, like, he's not completely painted a villain. Because I don't... I never saw that. And even his history with Reese, like... Well, he even wanted... Reese even talked about them wanting both wanting the same thing and that they wanted yeah. to kind of do away with the class system and, yeah. you know, wanted to break some of that down. So, yeah, I believe that Tamlin has good in him. But I'm not so sure that his relationship with her... No, I do not think his relationship with her is good or healthy in any way. I just think that he's not a bad guy, is is my thing. He's made some bad choices. He makes so. some bad choices towards the end. That and is, I wanted to stab him in the face. With there's him. no doubt about that. Okay, so like I said, this one is much more like a romance than the first, probably because the whole cauldron plot is all for naught in the end yeah. spoiler alert and really the payoff in this book is the romance well, i have um, a feeling that's going to be the ongoing arc through the series yeah i think so too um but what did you think of reese and Feyre's development without talking about the conflict that they have towards the end okay i loved it i can't talk about them mating though right oh, well that was the conflict oh. okay so yes i thought you meant the end end i didn't know which end you meant <laughs> Um, okay, so we can talk about that too. Okay. Um, so they do, it's revealed towards the end that they're mates. He mated to her. He mated to her. And I don't know how that works because have, like, we gotten, like, does she mate to him as well? Or well, she is... has now. I don't know. Is it just a man thing? I don't know. And I don't know if maybe, like, <laughs> she's not going to do it because she's not, like, completely Well, here's fey. my thing, though, with... Okay, so he had made it to her, like, early on. Like, when they were under the mountain, he had... Well, he, like, had suspicions that she was his mate before she became immortal. And then when she became... Which, mom... Did I or yeah, did I not? Because I think they're made it. Because like whatever, Ellen. You don't know what you're talking about. At the at the end of the first book, when he kind of looks at her like wide eyed, I was like, oh, he and made then, it. He made it to her, and then he disappears. <laughs> yeah, and so I told mom, I was like, my prediction is that he made it to her. I did not say you were wrong. I agree with yeah. you. Anyway, so he had made it to her, 
And then she gets mad towards the end of the book because she realized he'd known all along that they and were didn't related tell and her. didn't tell her. And to me, I was thinking, girl, how can you not understand? You were just going on and on about how you wanted to make your own choices, about how you wanted to your space to do your own thing, and you wanted to be able to help do this. And you and I said, how can you be mad at him for not telling you that you made it? Because obviously he wanted you to come to that decision on your own. The only and not part feel like you had to. The only part of that conflict that felt like justified was the fact that other people knew. Yeah. So. The fact that, like, basically all of their friends knew that he had made it. Well, I think mostly because they were more aware of the signs than she was. And yeah, and that's and that could be. But he had also he, he told, told Amarin and more. Yeah, so they knew. And um, so I get that being angry about that, but I agree. Like, she she should have been able to look at that situation and known, like, okay, he didn't want to tell me because. You don't want her to feel obli- obligated also, to... Also, let, lest we forget, this is the girl who could not figure out that riddle. So... Yeah, <laughs> love. Love! <laughs> um, yeah, so... But their arc, it's very slow burn. Very slow yeah. burn. I mean, um, he gives her a lot of space, bless his sweet little heart. But he still is, like, throwing out the flirts. Yeah, and the flirts are awesome. Yes. And the banter is fantastic. Yeah. He's, he's dreamy. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mentioned the wingspan cause yeah, there's a wingspan. <laughs> the wingspan. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, their development I think is the main arc of this book. And, um, I, I really liked it and that's what kept me engaged throughout this one. And especially in comparison to what now feels very milk toasty between, her and Tamlin, um, it was a refreshing change of pace. And it is a freaking change of pace to that first book. Um, so I will say, if you read the first book and did not like it, I know that you should not be listening to this one because we're getting super spoilery. But um, but yeah, definitely this one is so much more engaging than the first one. I do have to throw out props, though, to the author to have pulled off First of all, in romance, we are just like, you can't switch the hero on. Yeah. And she did that. It's and ballsy. she did it in a great way. And, well, okay. I mean, she does. Like, she makes you, but I think she gets away with it because the first book wasn't as good. Well, how could she have done it differently? I mean, she had to make their relationship not as good as the relationship that we're getting now. I know, but do you know what? I, but I don't know. Like, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about well, and like she did make Reese out to be a villain, and then turned him around. Yeah, but Vampire I mean, Diary style. <laughs> yeah, mom. Say. Mom was saying it's like very much a Def, Damon and Stefan <laughs> thing from uh, Vampire Diaries, which it very much is. Uh, and, um, but I don't. I don't know how I feel about. I don't know how I feel about. This is why I don't always, like, the love triangles are hard to pull off. Because, I mean, and it's the same thing with, like, most rom-coms that have, it's like the boyfriend is either lame or a douche. And in this case, he ends up being kind of both. And so, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about, like, making the first book worse so that you like the hero in the second book better. I don't know how I feel about that. Well, 
Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I liked the second book. Um, a lot. Um... Okay, so there are so many side situations that I need to know more about, and I need you guys to tell me, like, how worth it the book, the third book is, because it's, like, 750 pages. Oh, my gosh. So... James Cameron is <laughs> writing books. Um, but I need to know what the heck is going on with um, Cassian and Azrael and more. And obviously, like, Azrael is in love with more. Cassian's going to wind up with Nesta. Yes, yes. That's who this the next series is about, by the way, wow. is Nesta. I could see that one coming, you know, from when they first met. Um, and I am not completely unconvinced, because just because people mate doesn't mean necessarily that they have to fall in love, right? Uh, I don't know. I think Lucian's going to, I think he's going to redeem himself. Well, and he has it within him to redeem himself, even though he was also pissing me off. I, In a lot of ways, I was more angry with Lucian than I was with Tamlin, because Lucian knew what he was doing was wrong. He knew it. And went along with it. And, um, anyway. I... I don't know. There was some stuff between Elaine and Azrael, too. A little bit. No, Azrael's gonna be with more. I don't think unless I don't someone know. dies, Azrael's gonna wind up with more. More is like pretty adamant, though. I don't know. I don't know. That's why I need. Um, a, I'm just saying. Then 700 pages later, we might know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's gonna keep going though, so who knows? Um, okay, let's talk about sex, baby. Oh, hello. <laughs> so it's way hotter in this one. It's um, ramped up a notch. <laughs> um. Yeah, this one is it, this one is just far more sizzling, and, and there's not it's not even like there's that many more sex scenes. It's just that there's a lot more steamy buildup. There's more sex scenes and I think, steamy, and yeah. I mean steamy. There's that bathtub scene. There's yeah. all kinds of. <laughs> there's yeah. the paint scene. Yeah. There, <laughs> which yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was nice. To all those things. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and the wingspan was, like, our favorite. And, uh, yeah. Uh, and I also was the, like, sensitive wings thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, that was, that was... Well, and I think she's got wings coming, too. So, uh... she got wings at one point because he said, I like wings on you. Yeah, but hers were, like, misty wings, weren't they? Well, that's what I mean. I think she's got real wings coming to where she can okay, we'll see. shapeshift. I'm calling it now! Okay. Um, what was your spooniest moment in this one? I think when he came to the cabin. When she went to the cabin after she got all pissed off at him and Moore took her to the cabin and yep. she painted the cabin all up. And then he came to the cabin and that's when he sat and explained... Um, all of how he was feeling the whole time he was treating her crappy at mm -hmm. the during the challenge and um, why he did all the things he did and he explained it all to her and how he mated to her like pretty early on a thought he was probably mating to her mm -hmm. like even when he first saw her well he was seen through her dreams yeah he was seeing her like even before she came into spring court he was seeing her through her dreams or through her even through her eyes because he saw her painting yeah. and stuff so yeah. Um, he was getting glimpses of her life and um, then realized, you know, anyway, uh, he explained all this to her and it was quite dreamy. And that's when I cried yes, multiple times. Is. And then they hit it hard. So, yeah, it was, <laughs> it 
was all good. I'm going to call that my sweetest moment. Um, that was one of my honorable mentions. Um, I have a hottest moment and a sweetest moment. Um, two very different things. Uh, my hottest moment is when they are in the Court of Nightmares. And wow, they're that having... That was pretty hot. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> and they're having to pretend to, like, be all hot for be each other. Sweaty. <laughs> even though they're not pretending all that much. Um, so that was, I think, the sexiest moment. Um, the swooniest, I think, was... The well, they were doing it, you should say, to distract... Is it Moore's father? Like yeah. His uncle? Yeah. They were distracting him because they were stealing from something from him at the time. Yes. So they were trying to be all sexy and sensuous to distract him. Yes. And mission accomplished. Yes. Um, I was distracted. I was like, why, why are they even here? Why are oh, that's right. <laughs> um, so that was the sexiest. And then the swooniest was uh, Starfall. The night at oh, Starfall. And they got hit with the pixies. Yeah. Just because, like, the imagery of it was so pretty and it was, and they were, it was kind of their first um, foray into admitting feelings for each other. And I thought it was really swoony. Um, my other, there's a lot of swoony moments in this one. Um, but yeah, like him laying out his history. And then I also really liked them fighting together in Valeris and just like kind of how proud he was of her, um, that she was kicking ass. And I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he's very, he's very swoony. Yeah. He's like, are you going to, you know, let loose those water wolves again? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, her powers are cool. Yeah. Um, let's hear what some of you had to say about the second book. Uh, when I let you all loose on the second book with spoilers, uh, Jessica ad- edited to add on her first comment. She said, "I love Reese and Feyre." <laughs> she said he was absolutely delicious. I loved how the author wasted no time in showing us the relationship with Tam was in trouble. It felt real that first love isn't always forever love. I loved that she found a family at the night court and came into her powers. He wanted to be overprotective but never kept her locked up. She always had the choice. Uh, when he finally bears his soul in the cabin above the camp, uh, cabin above camp, it is like, gah! Uh, how can you not love this man? I was really worried that he wouldn't be in on the plan at the end and I was going to be mad, but I was okay with how Moss laid it out. Next book will be crazy. Um, yeah, we should say that at the end of this book, um, she like tells them to, she pretends like she's been brainwashed and tells them to break their bond and, um, he, the king thinks he's broke his bond. Yeah. The king thinks he's broken both their bargain bond and their like mating bond, but, um, their mating bond is still intact. Their bargain bond is broken. Um, but, and so both of them pretend like, oh, it's horrible. Like our mating bond is being broken. Um, but she ends up going with Tamlin so she can kind of spy on that side of things. And he is aware that this is happening. Plus, they have... They secretly got married. Married. It's not... It's even more than marriage. It's like Well, a, it's like mating bond and married. And he made her the high... High lady. lady of the night court. Yes. Which is unheard of. Yes. So they're like co-running night court. Yes. And, um... With Harry Anderson. And, um... <laughs> And uh, never in so many years has Harry and Anderson. And he actually, because he took the bad king, took the uh, tattoo off her arm that had, but she still had a tattoo on her other arm, and she's glamoring it away. Yeah. So 
secrets. Um, Angela says, OMG, I'm on book three. I started the series five days ago. I'm totally obsessed. And Resand is my lover. Yeah, he's <laughs> he is very nice. Um, Ashley says, OMG, I got so mad when I found out about the switcheroo in A Court of Thorn and Roses that I haven't read past the first book. Everyone tells me to keep going, but I'm still bitter. So I'll sit this one out and keep my mouth shut or other than this post. So I don't poison the discussion with negativity. I get that. I get, like, because especially that first book is long and to have, like, well, and wasted time. It does a lot for Tam. I mean, she goes through hell yeah. for Tamlin and then to think, wow, it was all and for we, nothing. we read a lot of pages yes. for Tamlin. <laughs> Dang so, it, Tamlin. I kept being angry about that. Um, Natalie says, I just finished the first one and I feel... Like, I shot myself in the foot by looking up the summary of the other books. I was really enjoying it, and then learning about the next book actually kind of ruined my reading experience a little bit. Like, why does any of this matter then? Yeah, I get that. Etc. Feels bait and switchy to me. I think I'm going to keep reading to see if she can pull it off, but I was just a little put off. Yeah, I get that. I say keep reading because you'll love Reese. Like, he's... <laughs> dreamboat but it's a dreamboat um jessica says yay the second book is my favorite i'm most interested in your swooniest moments because for me there are a lot of them reese is the hero you didn't know you needed his confidence in Feyre to be strong and do things on her own are, are probably my favorite trait of his uh the surreal is a great side character and by the end of the series i came to love it i know i just want her to keep that thing trapped and just yeah just keep what it is going on yeah tell me crap now <laughs> Um, Angela says, A Court of Mist and Fire is the best of the three. Everyone raves about chapter 55, but the buildup in the 40s is so much better. Is I that hope one you... we just read? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That must be in the, in the cabin. Maybe. Um, but she says, the buildup in the 40s is so much better. I hope you enjoy a feast. <laughs> well, I thought... I didn't think that was the name of this book. That was a name. court of mist and fury. Fury. She's everybody's using the and an the acronyms because these titles oh, are stupid long. They are stupid long. Um, Amber says, "I'm not usually a YA fantasy reader, but I gave this one a try, and so glad I did." A court of thorn and roses was great. I I had to keep reading. I devoured the entire series in 30 days, which is unlike me, as I tend to savor and prolong a series to stretch it out as long as possible. But in the case, in this case, I absolutely could not put it down. My favorite was A Court of Mist and Fury, five-star raid. It was so perfect. The slow burn romance was fantastic. What I loved the most, though, was the connection between Reese and Feyre. The book demonstrated what a healthy relationship should be, empowerment, trust, while the original romance from A Court of Thorns and Roses showed how a relationship can become unhealthy. Fear, doubt, suspicion. This is why I love romance. While the steamy scenes are great, it's all about the relationship for me, and A Court of Mist and Fury had it in spades. Uh, and then finally, Alexander says, I know I posted about the books a while back and recommended them. Not much new to add, but this is probably my favorite series ever. Uh, how Moss builds the world, the characters, handles the relationships, everything. It is so good. The first book sucks you in and the second book makes it so worth it. I absolutely adore all of the group and their friendships and banter. The reveal of everything in book two is just mind-blowing to me. Moss plotted it all and made it made me so weepy sending her stars to paint <laughs> oh sending her stars to paint yeah that is yeah great. uh anyhow i'm glad i'm so glad so many of you have read this now i may or may not have a secret pin board of fan art 
Yeah, I would, because especially, like, some of the creatures and stuff, I would be interested to, like, see artist renditions of those, because sometimes I was like, I don't know what the hell you're explaining to me right now. <laughs> um, but I'll go with it. Especially with how fast I was trying to read, I was, you know, skipping over some of the the lengthy stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do think she pulls it off, but I'd be interested to hear if how you guys feel about the bait and switchness of of it all. Um, I loved it. If you care what I think, I don't. <laughs> well, maybe I don't know. Else does in case anyone cares. <laughs> I loved it. I don't know why we do this podcast because I really don't care what you think. Uh, no. Uh, so yeah, I let me know what you guys think about book three um, because now that they're together, it's kind of like okay. They'll, they'll figure it but out. There's still a lot of stuff left on... Okay, Mom, I'll read it. It's just so freaking long. Um, <laughs> final well, thoughts. Well, we, we don't have to read this week, so we've got a week off. Yeah, that's true. Final thoughts on... My final thoughts are, if you stopped after the first one, you have to keep going. Yeah, it's true. They're, like, this one is just so much easier to read. Like, yeah. there's stuff going on. And like everybody said, like a lot of you guys said... The group in this one with Cassian and Azrael and Amarin and more, they're all much more interesting than anything we get in the first one. Um, I It's just a much more enjoyable and, like, bouncy read, this yeah. one. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm glad that we read the second one because it made me, like, well, it made me like the first one maybe less, but... It made me enjoy this the process. The whole thing more. Yes, yes. As as I scope. Yeah. Um, okay. Those are gonna be our thoughts on that book. Thanks so much for joining us. Again, if you would like to join us on July 27th for our discussion on the movie, The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMomsRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. Alright. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.